Hello, and welcome to Married Married Muggles, Muggles. the podcast where we, as a married couple, read the Harry Potter books together. My name's Aaron, and I've never read the books before. And my name is Elise, and I have read them multiple times. Join us on our reading journey by listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you like to listen to podcasts. Please do us a huge favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Married Muggles, or send us an email at marriedmuggledspodcast at gmail.com. If you send us a question, comment, or unknown spell via email or social media, use the owl emoji at the beginning to let us know you're sending an owl. Thanks so much for listening. And enjoy this episode of Married Muggles. Good evening, Quidditch fans. (laughs) It's your broadcasters here. (laughs) Aaron and Elise, we have a riveting game tonight. A riveting game. It's a bunch of frogs on brooms. It's crazy. No, welcome to Married Muggles. When you said ribbiting, I thought of a rabbits, not frogs. I mean, maybe rabbits can ribbit. Rabbiting. Rabbiting game. Riveting. Ribbiting rabbits. Riveting, ribbiting rabbits. So welcome, More folks. alliteration. J.K. Rowling loves alliteration. Welcome back to Married Muggles. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This week, we may have told you to read three chapters... We read two. But we only got through two uh, this Couple week. Couple of slackers we are. No. Yeah. <laughs> we are parents. That's what Parents that's... now to also five new chickens. Yeah. And by new chickens, meaning only chickens we've ever had. <laughs> we've never yes. had chickens before. So it's been busy. Um, I got stung twice by bees today. And yeah. we got five chickens. So. Because do, do, do they know if we have... We have bees. Honeybees. We have honeybees, and we also have chickens now. And a garden. We've got a little homestead. A little bit here. But today was extraction day, which means going into the bees' homes and tearing apart the hives. And uh, they don't like it. Frame from frame. So. Stealing there. But here we are. Maybe one less, or one chapter short of what Mm. we, uh, I won't say promised, but which we indicated we would read. Yes. So we read chapters four and five, and we did not read six. Correct. So we're going to dive into some mm-hmm. owls that yeah. we've received. Well, I think recently. we might, well, first we can talk, kind of talk about the chapter structure and everything if oh. you want. Um, chapter structure? Oh, just we only read two chapters this week, and then just kind of looking at the table of contents and also just thinking about our, like, oh, time oh, oh, oh and you want to just talk about, right. Yeah. Gotcha. So we just discussed it before this recording. We're going to try and whittle down the weekly reading, hopefully weekly if we can stick to the schedule, to roughly 40 pages. So whether that's two chapters or one chapter or three chapters. Yeah, for this book it's two chapters. And then the last episode I I have marked as three because this, this book has 18 chapters. Um, and since we've already done one that's you know one episode of three episodes or three chapters that's how math works <laughs> i don't understand but it's okay <laughs> well because if we do, we've already done an episode with three chapters the rest of them are two chapters so that means that there's an extra chapter because it's 18 so it's you just do one episode yeah. and one chapter we'll it's a big it chapter we'll figure it out we'll it's not oh <laughs> uh, okay but um so that's what we're going to try and do moving forward. We don't want this to feel like homework. We want it to be enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and it just means more episodes for you guys. So Yeah, exactly. And that we can do these things on time. So Yeah. But uh, we got a few owls. We oh, do. Wait. Here they come. I can, I can hear them. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Mr. Owl. What a sweet little owl. It looked like our daughter. <laughs> so what do we have? Feathers. <laughs> so what do we have this week? So, well, do you want to say the first one from our good ah, friends? Sure. This one is from our good friends and my old college roommate, Andrew, and his girlfriend, Nora. Mm-hmm. Quick background. Andrew is the only person you will ever hear of uh, who studies ancient biblical archaeology. I think that's what it is. He's getting his doctorate. (laughs) So his comment, when I started reading it, I thought he was going to share with me how much a sickle was worth in normal (laughs) currency. But no, he has a theory that 
The sickle may be derived from the Hebrew shekel, uh, which essentially means what something's worth is in weight of onions. So thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Appreciate it. Just help us figure out what an onion's worth today in sh- yeah. sickles, and maybe we'll... Do the conversion. How much was an onion back then? And how much is the onion now? (laughs) If an onion was one sickle back in Mesopotamia, is it 70 sickles now? And we'll do the math backwards. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure it out. I'll get out my calculator. But it is interesting, though. I will say this brings up another point of how old is, like, wizarding. (laughs) No, Andrew, sorry. But how, like, how... Like, are there ancient magics? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't the, know. The history of magic so, is but long. Thank you, Andrew and Nora, for the comment. We yes. appreciate it. They sent us a lovely email about their houses as well. So Andrew said that he's a Gryffindor. Oh, house. Gotcha. And Nora said that they're... Or no, Andrew said that he's a Ravenclaw. And Nora said she's a Gryffindor, but they would like to switch. Especially because the Sorting Hat takes into account what house you feel That's true. you belong yeah. to. So. Oh, um, and... Also, um, Maddie, if you're listening, go to sleep. But thank you for <laughs> Good listening. Good night, Maddie. <laughs> and enjoy your lunch, Arthur and Bridget. Yes. Our other owl is from our dear friend, Matt, over at Pat Peace Love Grapefruit, their podcast. Um, and he wanted to confirm that Hogwarts is in the Scottish Highlands. Um, I believe that's also a place where a lot of people play golf. Uh, I've never been and I don't play golf. You don't want me playing golf, I'll tear up your golf course. So, golf course. Golf golf golf. <laughs> Can't even say it. No. Anyway. And then Harry Potter is considered low fantasy, meaning that it takes place in our world whereas as as opposed to something like Lord of the Rings where it takes place in a totally made up world or created world, I like to say. Which I never really knew that there was such thing as high fantasy and low fantasy before. That was, that was new to me, but I, I really liked that fact. I thought that was really cool. So I guess in this low fantasy world, satellites just don't exist because they haven't discovered Hogwarts. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Or they've... It's a magical conf- book. They've confunded... Conf- I don't know. Confunded? <laughs> confunded. Confunded. Confused. Is that like getting Google. grants? Wizard grants? Yeah. Confunded? <laughs> They've, they've confused. The show is confunded by Hogwarts. <laughs> they've confused the Google satellites. Because remember, magic, so they can, like, disguise themselves. So they can... That's true. It's like, oh, it's another golf course. Who knows? <laughs> and then we have one from... Our last owl is from our friend Anna. Um, and she wanted to know if parents of Quidditch players go to their games. Um, Probably not, because they're so boring. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, no, Johnny, I don't want to go see your game because you stink and it's boring. <laughs> it's boring. So I I don't recall ever hearing in the books anything about like any of the parents going to visit. Like you never hear of Molly and Arthur going to visit when like with Fred and George being on the team or anyone saying, oh, I can't wait for my mom to see me play or my mom's bringing orange slices today after the game. Yeah. Uh, I guess but it... I think in the movie, like Lucius Malfoy, who we meet in these chapters, um, Draco's father, I feel like he goes, but he also, I don't know what he does other well, than just being rich and snotty. It probably depends on how far away the parents live. It's kind of like, well, good. Yeah. Like if you go to college, you know what I mean? If, if you live in California, but then you go to college in Massachusetts, your parents aren't going to come to your games. Sure, but we did learn about apparating in this these chapters. So, like, a uh, wizard... True. Yeah, so they can just appear. Mm. All right. Yeah, that's a good point. Although we don't know how far they can... Well, no, they can, they can literally just poof. Well, no, they didn't say how far. They said the Weasleys... We know that the Weasleys got from the train station to back home, but we mm-hmm. also know that that was only a 10-minute flight with the magic car had they decided mm-hmm. to fly it. So maybe it's only within a certain distance. It's not. <laughs> you say it's so I don't smugly, think. like you know, never... but you know that I don't know, and you're no. rubbing it in. No. No, it just, they never, they never say that in the books. Maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe we won't. But if they can apparate, I feel like that is not taken advantage of in the movies. I feel like people just be whoop, whoop. 
boop, 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 evaporating everywhere. Or <laughs> evaporating, apparating, evaporating. Well, but Hogwarts students aren't allowed to do it in Hogwarts. That's that's the like you can't apparate in and out. Yeah, of but Hogwarts. I can remember parts of the movies where like they're flying places. Like why not just teleport? Because they can't. There's do so it many in holes in this. We can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just way too many holes in this one. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we don't have any concrete examples. Not yet. I'll remember them, okay. though. I'll remember okay. them. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese rowling. Okay. <laughs> so, these two chapters, I'll do the dad summary. Well, we have to say goodbye. Oh, we have to get out of the owl room. Oh, right. Bye-bye, owl. Bye, owls. It pooped. Oh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> like our chickens. Okay. So, the data synopsis. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Everybody wakes up early at the Weasleys. They're all getting... Oh, no. I'm missing something here. Oh. I already skipped something. They all have to go to Diagon Alley to get yeah. their supplies. Harry totally messes up his um, flu powder. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. But they spell it F-L-O-O. Flu. I don't get it. F L E W might make sense to me, but no. but uh, right. Harry coughs, uh, chokes on the soot, and says it wrong. So he ends up in Dark Arts mm-hmm. uh, shop and Borgen and Burks. Borgen and Burks, and sees Draco and mm-hmm. Lu- is it Lucius, Lucius, L- Lucius. I always say Lucius because I'm American, and I feel like that's how we. But I think I it's, know. I think I've, in the movies, I can't remember if it's like Lucius. I don't know. Adam Lucius? Had, Adam had a cat named Lucius. Yeah. But maybe, either way. I, I always, I feel like I always think of it as Lucius Malfoy. I don't know. But I feel like some of the characters, like I feel like Voldemort in the movie says like Lucius. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Either way, Harry hides in a cupboard and sees that uh, Lucius, Lucius... Back in the cupboard. <laughs> back in the cupboard. Yeah, I just can't escape. He's getting rid of poison, selling poison back to this guy, and he wants to hide it from the the uh, Ministry of Magic. They're doing like uh, some sort of what do you call that? Witch hunt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. They're Raiding. just cra- they're cracking down. Yeah, they're cracking down with raids. And then uh, Mr. Weasley gets in a fist fight with. Nice. Which is pretty funny because, uh, you know, they're, they're making fun of each other. They go to buy their stuff. And what is it? Gildroy. What's his last name? Lockhart. Lockhart. He, you know, he steals the show with Harry while they're doing the book signing. And Mrs. Weasley's all hot and bothered by Gildroy. And <laughs> Hagrid kind of breaks everything up. Yep. And then they go back to the Weasleys and... You know, the rest of the summer flies by. They have a great time. Best month of Harry's life. And then they all have to get ready to go. They keep leaving in the car, having to keep going back to the house, back to the house, leaving back to the house. People keep forgetting things. And they go to the train station. And everybody gets through gate nine and three quarters. Mm-hmm. It's nine Platform. and three quarters. Platform nine and three quarters. Uh, except when Ron and Harry try and do it, um, it doesn't let them. Even though they're not late. And I can't remember if I'm imagining why this happens or if I remember it from the movies, but I think I remember what happens here. Don't say it. Spoiler alert. Okay. Unless um, you want to. No, it's okay. So they end up taking the car after their parents, uh, after Ron's parents evaporate back home, and uh, they fly to Hogwarts, mm. getting deep doo doo, flying to the deep Whomping doo-doo. Willow. But you know they're kind of they're kind of hot stuff now at the school because mm. they made quite the entrance. And then uh, we find out that Ginny gets into ha uh, <laughs> no. Gryffindor. Yes. Gryffindor. Oh, sorry. I'll save it for later comments. But, uh, you know, they're all back. And we're kind of the leading up to, okay, the school year has started. It's now complete. And they go to bed. Mm, nice. That was a terrible synopsis, but <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> we made it through. Okay. Well... So, my first note is from the beginning of chapter four, just saying how, like, Harry's kind of comparing his stay at the Weasleys with when he's staying at the Dursleys, and his biggest comparison, aside from, obviously, the all the magic and just how opposite the Weasleys' house is compared to the Dursleys, is just the fact that 
he's surprised that everyone seems to like him, which I think is so sad and also like really nice. It's just a good testament to the Weasleys and how everyone's just kind people at that house. I do think it's Percy. Well, Percy Percy seems like kind of a chump. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't seem nice. He just stays in his room and eats meals and judges everybody. (laughs) He's kind of a friss. But I do think that it's really funny about how Arthur enjoys like asking Harry questions about the muggle world and how things work. And it's just really funny. It is Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, when I was reading that, I was imagining like, well, you know me, I love being asked questions. So it's kind of envious of Harry in that situation. Just, you know, I don't know if it's that it's, is it flattering when somebody asks you questions because they're curious about what you'll say? Or what it is, or is it just about sharing knowledge? It's fun. I guess teaching's fun. Mm-hmm. So it would be cool to have such an eager student every night. But it would be kind of weird, though, having it be, like, your best friend's dad. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't like, know. Like, I'm trying to think, like... Well, it's, such a, it's a situation that I feel like is so... For, would be so foreign to us. Because it's not like we live in one world and, like, our... Or we've lived in one world and our best friend's dad has never lived in that world. Well, you know what I mean? Like, may- maybe it's, like... I think it's the fact that Harry's dad... Uh, sorry. Ron's dad, like, reveres Harry because mm. he's... It's not just that he's curious. Like, he's not asking these questions as a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's asking them, like, as if Harry's, like, a, you know, a wise man or a priest or something. <laughs> yeah, so... But then again, Harry li- has lived a pretty weird life, so he probably doesn't know the difference. But uh, yeah, but it was still kind of cool. Mm-hmm. We learned that Ginny is a total klutz around Harry because she's got a crush on him. She's only a year younger than Harry, you said? That's correct. Okay, for some reason, I thought she was like half his age. No. <laughs> no. No. I mean, in the movie, the first movie especially, I feel like they... Maybe that's I what don't it know. is. She just looked really tiny. But the kids get their Hogwarts letters with their list of supplies, and we get another, like... Sorry. What? In the book, where are they? They're running somewhere, and they say that Ginny's holding her mom's hand. I think when they're running to the uh, to Gringotts to get Harry. Do 11-year-olds hold their mom's hand? Layla? <laughs> Do you still hold your mom's hand? Yeah, send us an owl, Layla. <laughs> send me a text, Layla. Let me know. Do you still hold your mom's hand? Because I don't think that Layla still holds her mom's hand. No, nah, be... I was just trying to think. Like, I mean, it could just be like a, like, they're rushing sort of thing. Like, you know, like when you rush somewhere. I don't know. But like, I don't feel like at 11. Yeah, it's just funny. I th- just think it's interesting. Yeah. Like the, the misses in what children of certain ages do you know what i mean it's just entertaining yeah i don't know yeah i don't yeah i feel like it yeah layla send us now yeah <laughs> let us know but yeah we get more alliteration from jk rowling she loves loves her some alliteration are you gonna so talk was... about gildroy's books yes so okay so we get the list of books break with a banshee gadding with ghouls which what is gadding is it like chatting? That's kind of what like I feel like little, talking with. Little girl chat, like put some face masks on and drink rosé, sort of thing, with some ghouls. Holidays with the hags. Travels with trolls. Voyages with vampires. Wanderings with werewolves. And year with the yeti. All by mm. Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> yeah. The very. Uh, he just reminds me of a peacock. Like, you just gotta show off all those feathers. Trying to, again, this is where, this is nice, because second book, second movie, I don't remember as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, it's a little easier, but, like, yeah, he wears, like, what do they say, the forget-me-not blue. Yeah, that and matches the, eyes perfectly. Aquamarine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll um, see. I'm gonna let the book tell a story with him. It's true, it's true. Um, they get a letter from Hermione, and she's asking about Harry, and if he's, re- you know, kind of gotten to the burrow yet, and all that stuff, and she says that... She's going to get her supplies with her parents um, at Diagon Alley the following week on Wednesday and asking if they want to meet her. So now I'm confused because like all of a sudden, because Hermione's parents are both muggles. Right. She's, she's, she's not even a mudblood. She's just. She is. She is? I mean, that's the derogatory term for it. I thought that was somebody who is mixed. No. Oh. No, mudblood is someone who is muggle-born. So but like, like her... Harry is, 
well, ha- no, Harry's a kind of a pure blood, but his mother was Muggle-born, so he's not really pure blood. Editor Elise here to say that means Harry's a half blood. I don't know completely. So, but so like Hermione's parents are just allowed into Diagon Alley. I know. I I and guess. And how do they get there? I know. <laughs> I was wondering that too. Like how how did they do that? Flute. Well, she probably knows about flute powder. Number one. Probably yeah, with a daughter like Hermione. But it said that they, I don't know if she like lives near London because they maybe could have walked. Well, how do they get into Diagon Alley, though? Maybe um, Hermione knows. Like, I yeah, I don't, I that's, don't know. That's, that's fair, too. Yeah. That's fair, too. That's fair, too. She might just know. But I, I, th- I just didn't think, like, they were allowed. I don't know if it's because she's a student sort of thing, and, like, you know, she's she's still a kid, you know, so, like, you don't necessarily Holding want... your mother's hand. Holding probably. your mother's hand. But, you know, especially when, like, with Hermione going to school at the age of, like, 11 or 12, or 11. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, you don't want your 11-year-old just wandering around diagonally, especially if they've, they have no idea what's going on and, right. you know. Hey, Mugwumps. Editor Elise here to let you know that when I was talking about Hermione being 11, I meant uh, in her first year, but obviously in her second year she is 12. But still, an 11 or 12-year-old should not be alone by themselves on a street. Back to the episode. But yeah, so they meet them. They decide to meet them. After all that, the boys, you know, kind of getting her letter and everything, the boys decide to go play Quidditch. I thought it was hilarious that they decided to use apples instead of Quidditch balls in case they, like, went into the village that, like, neighbors the Weasley's house. Oh, yeah. So just imagining, like... You wouldn't want a, uh, a bludger? A quaffle. Quaffle? Quiffle? No, a bludger. Bludger's the ones that's like... <laughs> that and, didn't make any sense. And what sense, are the ones but... called? Beaters? Beaters hit... Those are the players. Right. The beaters hit the bludgers. Yes. More alliteration. So, right. You'd have to watch out for bludgers. Right, right, right. That's really the only one you'd have to worry about. This yeah. flying snitch would be... Nobody would even see it. Right. It'd be like a fly. Like a dragonfly. Is that what it's called? The flying snitch? Nope. Just the golden snitch. Golden snitch. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they, they use the apples, and I think that's really funny. Oh, I did like the comment about... What is it? Ron, he flies a shooting star and, and butterflies pass him sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad. I know. Cause it's like butterflies don't fly that fast. They like don't even fly in straight lines. No, they're you know? like here, there, and everywhere. So just imagining that. This poor kid. I thought it was um, interesting, you know, when they did go to Diagon Alley and you find out how well i guess i don't know how much a galleon and how much a sickle is worth mm. but someone tell us <laughs> seriously we're still waiting we've got to build the pieces together <laughs> but they literally took out all of their money yeah from the bank which i'm still trying to understand he's got a nice government job so well here let's before we get to that okay we're not quite there yet oh excuse me I mean, speaking of Gringotts, though, Harry kind of, like, thinks to himself that he's never mentioned his stockpile of gold at Gringotts to the Dursleys. Because he feels like, even though they, like, don't want anything to do with the muggle world, they probably would not be above, like, wanting to take his money. Sure. Which I agree with. They probably wouldn't, would want to... I don't know why he would share anything with them that he wasn't forced to. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so they're about to travel to Diagon Alley via the flu powder, which... Harry has never done before, obviously. Um, he hasn't done a lot of things. So th- these are all new things. Uh, he's anxious to use it because they're, the Weasleys are all kind of like each telling him some little tidbit of like what to keep in mind while he's traveling through the flu powder. So it's like, don't get off in a different grate. D- like, keep your arms in. Don't, you know, inhale and blah, blah, blah. So he's kind of getting a little like anxious and heart aflutter thinking about all these instructions. And then he gets it wrong. Well, he chokes. Literally. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Literally chokes. <laughs> he just breathed in too much soot and then he coughed. Mm-hmm. So, so, But I was wondering, like, how bad could you mess that up? Like, what happens if you really mess it up? Yeah. Like, he at least ended up near Diagon Alley. Mm-hmm. You know. Especially, like, so he said Diagon Alley. He said Diagon Whatever it was. Right. So I don't know how that translated to Nocturne Alley, but not on Nocturne Alley, he was in a creepy shop. 
Well, it's kind of like when you ask Siri for so. something and she'll text it. It's close. You could probably <laughs> get the idea. So not the, the flu's like it's probably something like Diagon Alley, somewhere <laughs> near. I don't know. Close enough. But yeah, so he gets into this creepy shop and he sees none other but Draco and Lucius outside the creepy shop. So he hides in a large black cabinet. Okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the pantry too? Yes. I want to talk about all the spices and that they've got. there was a glass display case. <laughs> so. And a door. Well, and there was a hand on a cushion. Nope. Well, it's the dark arts. It's a magic shop I for know, the dark arts. I know. But just thinking about some of the stuff in there. Shriveled hand. Yep. It's a shriveled hand. A shriveled on a hand on a cushion. <sighs> I didn't really understand the usefulness of the magic either. It said that if you put a candle in it, it only lights for the user. Whoop de doo. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> so does fire. <laughs> like, Just it's really So does a diplo. I'm... What is it? No, not diplo. That's like children's Legos. What's the like, the lighter brand? The lighter brand? The lighters. Oh, Zippo. Zippo. Not Diplo. <laughs> I think Diplo is also like a pop singer. I don't I know. Have I don't no idea. listen to pop music. But boy, what an unnecessary uh, need for cutting off somebody's hand and shriveling it. Right? Just so a candle doesn't turn on for somebody. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to pickle this hand. But this hand is not just going to be a pickled hand. It's going to have like, one candle that only one person can like yeah. use. No, that's baloney. But yeah, so while Harry's like hiding out in the cab, again, back in the cabinet, he hears Draco going on and on about all these things about her, like Harry, which just makes it totally obvious how jealous of Harry he is. Because he's like, oh, Harry got Nimbus 2000 and blah, blah, blah. he's on the Quidditch team and I'm a pale, pointy-faced boy. He's just being a brat. Was it, uh, was it the morning that they were going to Diagon Alley or was it... Uh, when they were leaving for Hogwarts, where they were eating bacon sandwiches. I think that was when they were going to Hogwarts. Okay. Cause is, do you think a bacon sandwich is just a BLT? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato? Or do you think it's just <laughs> a British is... thing? Just bacon and bread? Wait, what is it? If, any, if anyone listening is British, what is a bacon sandwich? Is it just be- bread and bacon? Is it like butter on the bread with the bacon? I don't know. It's like like a, a a ham sandwich is usually like ham and cheese and mayo. Right. It's bacon. Just kind of a gross image. Just bacon and bread. Just, yeah. Just, and I believe it said that Molly made six for each, each of them. Person. It's like how big are these sandwiches? Because I'm like how thinking, big are these people? Because <laughs> like I'm thinking like a bacon like a BLT. I mean you either have it on like. A regular slice of bread. I'll have six of them. <laughs> right, like I cannot imagine eating six of them. No wonder they're poor. She's giving each of six sandwiches. Like, they don't need that. Good point. <laughs> so wonder they all don't have like cardiac arrest or something. Yeah. Oh man, they probably have magic to fix that. Mm. Lucius wants to sell some particular poisons to Borgen that could what is it incriminate him embarrass him is what he says yeah embarrass him because like it sounds like they're specifically for muggles i don't know what oh specifically that's for yeah so that was on 51 i have a few uh items at home that might embarrass me if the ministry were to call the ministry wouldn't presume to trouble you sir surely mr malfoy's lip curled i have not been visited yet the name malfoy still commands a certain respect Yet the ministry grows ever more meddlesome. There are rumors about a new Muggle Protection Act. No doubt that flea-bitten, muggle-loving fool Arthur Weasley is behind it. And as uh, Harry felt a hot surge of anger, and as you see, certain of these poisons might make it appear... I understand, sir, of course, said Mr. Bergen. So it seems like, you know, I mean, poison, and then kind of implicating that he's... to To me, I think it translated to they were somehow muggle specific poisons which is kind of what <laughs> yeah he doesn't like just, muggles yeah no he does not so yeah we learn that you know he, he does definitely asserts to borgen that he does not like muggles and he knows he you know says that he stands with 
being pure blood and Borgen agrees with him sort of thing while while Drake goes off asking for the hand of glory because <laughs> he <laughs> Is that what it's called? The hand of glory? Yeah. The <laughs> stupid name for it. Bory. Shriveled hand. And Lucia says that Draco can't have the hand because his grades weren't good enough. And then he, you know, goes on and on about how, oh, well, Hermione's top of the class. And Lucius is like, yeah, you got beat out by a, you know, mm. muggle-born sort of thing. And that stirs the pot in the Malfoy home, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I was, when you're talking about that, I was thinking about the, uh, not the Weasley, the Weasley, the Weasleys again. Do we know if Mr. and Mrs. Weasley went to Hogwarts as well? Yeah. They did? Mm-hmm. Okay. They were both in Gryffindor. Okay. So I was thinking, like, is there, like, school smarts wizardry and witchcraft, and then, like, street smarts wizardry and witchcraft? Like, people who are still good at magic, but they didn't go to school for it? What do you mean? Because it sounds like you're you're just naturally born magical, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Are there groups of people who develop those magical abilities without having to go to school? Because I was, I was thinking, like, if Mrs. Weasley didn't go to school, but she still, like, knows magic, mm-hmm. you don't have to go to school to learn things, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Just thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know if that's an option. I, mean, I know they can do, like, homeschooling, but I don't know if, if like... But not even, I mean, like, not even, like, kids, not schooling, that, like mm-hmm. I said, like, street smarts, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's some people who are just good with money, even though nobody ever taught them how mm-hmm. to be good with money. I don't know, just thought. Yeah. Uh, Harry notices an opal necklace that says, like, has, like, a big, huge warning on it saying, like, multiple muggles have died. Yeah, it says, like... From the, wearing it and everything. Right, they've been responsible for the death of, like, 18 muggles or something like yeah, that. So yeah, so that's pretty crazy. And then Harry leaves the store and realizes that he's on Nocturne Alley, and it's all dark art stuff, and there's some creepy old lady wanting to sell him fingernails. And so fingers or fingernails? Both. Just, he says something about fingers and then yeah. fingernails, and that's... Yeah. That's when Hagrid comes... Really disgusting image. ...to the rescue, which he was looking for slug repellent or something? Yeah. Yeah. Flesh-eating slug repellent. Which, like, the flesh-eating slugs. That's the whole thing. Right. I think that's what it is. But they eat cabbage flesh. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Confused. (laughs) Maybe need a different name. Uh, Hagrid gets Harry back on Diagon Alley, and they run into Hermione. So they finally get to see Hermione. uh, And then they run into Arthur. He's excited. Oh, jeez. Pen. (laughs) Arthur's excited to meet Hermione's parents because they're muggles, of course, so he wants to ask them literally all the questions, every mm. single thing. So. And take their life savings and buy them drinks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this led to a question I had where, so, okay, so they go, yeah, they go to Gringotts and they, like, they go down to the Weasley's vault and they literally take all of the money there's, that there is in that vault and take it with them. Meanwhile, Harry has this, like, stockpile. So I was wondering, do wizards have direct deposit? Like, does Arthur get paid in, like, a check sort of thing? And then somehow Gringotts gets it, and then they put the money into the vault? Or, like, magically appears in the vault sort of thing? Or do does Arthur, like, get his physical money and then have to bring it to Gringotts? These are questions I have as a 30-year-old adult who's had direct deposit the entire time mm. that I've... And still do, actually, because of the yoga studio. Well, it sounds like they don't work off of an electronic credit system because they right. actually have physical funds. Right, they don't have, like, credit cards. I don't know. I mean, those goblins probably bring gold and stuff. Yeah. They have nothing better to do. Mm. But maybe they have some sort of, like, owl... Like, some sort of part of the owl system or whatever that... Or maybe, like, the ministry or just different employers, like, have some sort of setup where Gringotts knows how much money to put into each vault or whatever, based on how much people make. Interesting things to think about. Oh, so Harry buys Harry and Ron, because they, they, the the trio walk around, and he buys them strawberry and peanut butter ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, that sounded good. So it's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich ice cream. I was was trying to, like, think of it through my head, and that's what I also came to, but I was like... That does not sound good to me. No, I agree. I also just never really heard of that combination for ice cream, but... Could be a British thing. Could be a British thing. What do you guys think? 
they go see Lockhart. He's signing books. And because Harry or Ron gets pushed by the photographer, Lockhart spots Harry. So he kind of grabs him and starts taking pictures with Harry and announces that he's going to be teaching at Hogwarts. So they learn that he's going to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Wowie, wow, wow. How exciting is that? And his aquamarine <laughs> tracksuit. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's pretty fun. And this is when they run into Malfoy in the bookshop. Mm-hmm. And this is where the brawl happens. This seems like a good spot for an ad. So Arthur and Lucius start fighting. <laughs> Swords and shields and no. So what happens? They balls. so so there was all the the paparazzi, right? Mm-hmm. And Gildroy just likes the attention. He just wants to use Harry for attention. Mm-hmm. He laps it up like a like a Labrador. Like a Labrador licking up laps. <laughs> <laughs> like like Emma licking up butter. <laughs> and then when is it that Lucius and Gildroy? get into the scuffle who starts no lucius and arthur lucius and arthur and gildroy <laughs> gildroy and jenny rough and actually tumble. no no actually jenny does come into it it's because mm-hmm. draco's being a butt there we go and jenny stands up for harry and he comments that it's the first mm-hmm. time she's first time she said anything in front of him and they've yeah. been living under the same roof for a, a month mm. she's a mute i guess so but uh, it was very brave of her, though. Yeah. And then, I don't remember why Lucius gets upset, or kind of who throws the first stone. Well, because he, like, comments on Arthur Weasley's, like, paycheck, essentially, and just saying, or no, no, I think just saying that he couldn't, he, he taints the wizard name sort of thing, the name of wizard. Just because of his interest in muggles? Yeah. And then somebody says something like, you know, after spending money on those books, you know, your parents will have to go without food for a month or something. Yeah, that's what Draco says, which is like such a crummy thing. Like, yeah. Is Draco an only child? Yes. Was he always an only child? (laughs) Maybe he ate his twin in the womb. One of them. Yeah. It is kind of silly, though, that I lose a little bit of respect for Arthur. He literally starts fighting. I know, yeah, it's like, you're an adult. Just... Like, fist fighting in public, and they totally draw a crowd. Right. Or, I don't are know, they though, inside, like... They're inside the... A bookshop. The bookshop. And all the books start falling. Mm. And what is it? So I just think about, like, the state of those books. Are they just, like, stacked on, like, tables everywhere? Like, like in a hoarder's house? <laughs> well, didn't they say bookshelves? Like, he pushed him into a bookshelf? I think that's um... what started. He pushed him into a book... Ugh. <laughs> so bad she's incredible um but then haggard breaks it up and essentially intimidates the shop owner into not like asking for money for all the damages incurred yeah which is like also it's magic they can magic it back together right like i don't know if you can do it with, i don't know if you can magic together magic books <laughs> i don't know yeah just a lot of discomfort in the beginning of this book like or at least these two chapters because you've got the Diagon Alley thing here. Like, just, I don't know. Fighting in public. Ugh. Like, this is a this is a tangent. You can get rid of this and you want. But, like, there's this page that I follow on Facebook. And it's called, like, Unusual Images or something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them lately have been around, like, street fights and stuff. And it's starting to really bother me. I don't understand, mm-hmm. like, the whole using violence to feed into, like, entertainment bothers me yeah i mean it's probably that's that's probably in some way uh related to like the whole the protests for yeah black lives matter you know maybe but but, like i mean for the most part those have been peaceful so yeah and there's obviously you know there's going to be violence people fighting makes me very uncomfortable like okay people who you know boxing boxers or Mm. mma that's different because they both agree to fight but like yeah Public fights make me really uncomfortable. It's like, I think I know what it is. I know what it feels like when I lose my temper. Mm -hmm. And to think that you can lose your temper to the point where you're willing to harm somebody and you act on it is a disturbing thought. 
For sure. Have you like have you ever been in a fight before? No, not a fist fight. Just a one of my college friends. I've told you the story of the Choco mm-hmm. Taco. Yeah. <laughs> and how he started a slap fight. Yeah. Essentially. Because did, did he slap you? Yes, he slapped me first. Mm-hmm. But you did. Did you slap him back? Of course. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm not gonna stand there and take it. <laughs> <laughs> but we did end up breaking it up. But I just it was such an uncomfortable feeling. Ugh, mm. I don't even like to think about it. Yeah. So just a, but then like imagine your dad getting in a fist fight with somebody like in a public store. Think of how embarrassing that would be. Like yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the situation. Like I can see like if someone hurt like as a parent, like if someone hurt my child, I can see getting to that point. But if they're just trash talking, like... And, and Mr. Weasley you know, throws the first punch. That's the yeah. part that got me, I think. Right. And I, I do, like, because Mrs. Weasley is, like, you know, gets upset with him for not setting a better example sort of thing. I don't know, like, because, again, I've never been... I just... At this point, like, I mean, I've, I have been in a fight, sort of. It, not really, but, like, kind of. I jumped on a kid because he made fun of me. And I punched him in the but back But how of old were you? I was 12. Yes, exactly. You were in a public <laughs> place with all of your family. Right. And my children. You know, our like, yeah. child, because I only have one kid right now. So that was pretty pathetic. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Mr. Weasley. Yeah. So, moving on from that discomfort, mm. they have a great rest of the summer mm-hmm. at the, what's it called? The Burrow? Mm-hmm. Harry's jealous of Ron's home life, and he... Compares it to his time at the Dursleys, and he's really sad to leave the borough. But I think he's still excited to go to Hogwarts. But I think, I mean, this is like the first time he's ever had a stay somewhere, like in a home where he's wanted. Yeah. And cared for, you know, not neglected and given six bacon sandwiches in one morning. <laughs> no, oh, bacon baby. You know, a bacon sandwich with just toasted bread, mayonnaise, and bacon. Would not be bad. No. What about bacon? So they go off to Hogwarts, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the whole debacle where, you know, they're late in the car, mm-hmm. but they, Mrs. Dursley won't, Dursley, Weasley. Mrs. Weasley won't let uh, Arthur fly the car, even though it's mm-hmm. got invisibility. Well, and then he modified it to accommodate all those people in luggage. And she's like, wow, these muggles really make these cars so spacious. And it's like, doo, doo, doo. Yeah. <laughs> No, they don't. Right, everything's going pretty pretty smooth. They're running a little bit late, but they get through the gate in time until Ron and Harry try and go through and it's blocked. Mm-hmm. And they panic. They do. They straight up panic. And steal the Weasley's car and uh, start flying to Hogwarts, which we find out is pretty far away from London. Yeah. Yeah. And then the invisibility wears off on the car, so then they, you know, they kind of get seen... As we find out later, it I, th- I think it's fun because like, especially thinking about being like twelve years old and having a car, a flying car. Yeah, I was gonna with say your best friend. A you car know? would be fun enough, but a flying car. Right, and you're just like going to school, the two of you. Like, I, I, yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds like so much fun, but after several hours of flying. The fun wears off. <laughs> they get hot and sticky, and they're. And I thought it was funny about how like they had all those toffees, and they're thirsty, but they have nothing to drink. So it's just like yeah, you can for oh. some reason. I know you could imagine it. And then it said, you know, they got thirsty, and then they had to keep flying for another several hours. Yeah, like imagine being thirsty for ugh, and just eating toffees. Getting, imagine like getting a headache and yeah, being so sweaty and like your glasses just falling down your nose. It's just funny though, like, as a 12 year old, your lack of forethought. Mm, But that's what happens being, that's why your parents take you places, because they remember to pack drinks and pack snacks and (laughs) stop to use the bathroom. Using the bathroom was probably pretty fun on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) And she never mentions that part. Um, No. Which, like, well, as a boy, it's definitely easier. As a girl. Oh, and as a boy, knowing boys, I'm sure they went to the bathroom. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I wish, right, they crash land 
Into the yeah. Whomping Willow. I, I liked how when when the car starts to like whine and basically about to die, Ron's like encouraging the car. He's like, you can do it. You can make it. I know you can. <laughs> Just like give the... Which test. is interesting because like, does that mean that Mr. Weasley, did he like animate an inanimate object? Did he like give it life? Is he like Elsa? I don't know. But yeah, that, were, that was interesting. But, yeah, again, I don't understand the Whomping Willow. What makes it such a valuable tree? Valuable for whom? For for what? Mm. You sound so smug again yeah. when you say that. It's a big old tree that is very rude, very violent. Which, which therefore, makes it very valuable. Of yeah. course. <laughs> I get it now. Naturally. Rude trees are worth a lot of money. <laughs> but they get into trouble. They make it at least, mm-hmm. uh, and Snape pulls them aside. For some well, reason, because they notice that they're that Snape isn't at the, because you know they get to the the school and everything. They're looking through the window, and they're like trash talking Snape because he's not at the staff table, and so they're like, oh, he probably got sacked. And oh, so, so they're outside of the feet yeah. looking at. Okay, so Snape found him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must have scared the doo-doo out of him. Oh, 100%. And the fact that he overheard the whole conversation oh. is really funny. Uh-huh. You ever done anything or said something before and thought nobody heard you or the person you didn't want to hear you and discovered they heard you? Yes. Yeah. Or it's like a text. Like, I've one time I sent a text to a Oops. group. Yeah, it was not... It should not have gone to that group. <laughs> It wasn't like the like terrible, but it wasn't it wasn't great either. So it and it's it's a Ugh. yeah. And like I, I'm a people pleaser, and like I don't I want everyone to be happy, and I want, I want people to like me. So like it's just when that that sort of thing happens, like like my heart just like drops like out my butt. Just yeah, <laughs> like absolutely, it's, so like, it's funny. But then you. You know, we as humans continue to say things and risk being heard by the mm-hmm. wrong. It's yeah. just so f- the store that I have, I think I've told you this before. In college, I was part of the trash crew. And we had this old, dumpy, white pickup truck, right, we drive around with. And, like, you know, it was a piece of junk. And whatever, I was feeling silly, and I was doing it with Tyrell, I think. And we are having fun. And I did a flying jump kick into the side of the truck. <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. Why would I do that? And around the corner comes the head of physical plant, right? So essentially, like, my boss's boss. And it's just like, yeah, there is no reason for me to do that. I'm totally abusing, you know, company property. That feeling is just a bad feeling. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, though, for some reason, I was able to imagine Snape looking differently than he looks... In the movies, like what? What's that actor's name? Alan Rickman. Yeah, I was able to imagine him looking different, and I couldn't think of any particular actor. I might have to look, but but it was nice. It was cool to get a unique mm. image, much more gross in my mind. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like like sometimes like you know like Rasputin from Anastasia. Like, I feel like sometimes I kind of, like, get a little bit of that vibe with, with Snape in the books. I don't remember what he looks like. He's just, like, really, like, green looking. Green. I imagine really deep like, sunken eyes. Yeah, like, his the coloring of him is kind of like weird seaweed. Like, pale seaweed. I remember. Yeah. But it's just nice. Greasy and, yeah. I keep hoping that I can imagine people looking different from the movies. And this yeah. was the first one. Like, I, I always thought of, like, Snape having kind of, like, almost, like, moldy-looking teeth. But, yeah. like, but like I mean, Alan Rickman is, you know, we've, we've kind of said this about how, like, Hollywood kind of zhuzh up people. and zhuzh. Zhuzh up. And, like, you know, Alan Rickman is a very good-looking man. Or was. You know, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Is yeah. it okay to say that somebody who's not alive, maybe you didn't think that they were that good-looking? Oh. <laughs> I think you're fond of him. You've also I said that... I thought he was handsome. You also think... Benedict Cumberbatch, is it? He is. <laughs> All right. Continuing the conversation. Let's just agree to disagree. Aww. Um. <laughs> Either way, it was refreshing. And it was funny how Snape, even though he protected Harry in the first book, still hates him. He yep. just can't get past his dad. I know, which is like... 
And he's like getting his jollies off on the thought of Ron and Harry getting expelled because of this whole thing. And yeah. They get rescued again. Mm-hmm. It is pretty funny how dumb Ron and Harry are that when, who is it? Uh, Dumbledore. Is it McGonagall or Dumbledore? Says to send the owl. Yeah. McGonagall. And she's Harry. brutal. Yeah. In the best way possible. Yeah, she's good. She's great. But that was funny, right? Just yeah, send it out. I love that she's like, that, she says, is obvious or something like that. But it's like, mm-hmm. but it is true. Like when you're 12 years old, you don't think about the different options. It's just like whatever the, f- the first solution that pops into your you're mind. Like, this is good enough. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no other way. I can't think of like a incident at that age that I would have gone through that would have induced that kind of panic, A, and then B, doing something where there was a much better option like i can't think of a specific example i'm sure there were definitely 12 well let's see but it's i don't think well now it's different but you know 12 year olds back then didn't have cell phones yeah so you could you know in that situation you just call your parents you call your mom or call your mom or your mom or your mom your mom or your dad <laughs> your call parent. your mom or you call your mom. <laughs> yeah, um, you might have two moms. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, or again, if you're somewhere else, use a telephone. But Ron's parents are magical. They probably don't have a telephone, so no. you can't call them. But it's funny though. So the next best option is yeah, send an owl. That's the closest thing to right. a phone. So and Harry has an owl. And part of it, you know, part of it too is that they probably just got really excited. Well, and I mean, so again with Harry, so he's. A, he's never been in a family, familial relationship where anyone cares about him. And he's also only been in the magical world for a year. So f- the expectation of him sending an owl, I think, is lower than for Ron, who, again, has been in the magical world his entire life. And his first reaction when they get stuck in a train station is, let's take the flying car instead of, hey, you've got an owl. Let's send my yeah. mom a, a note or send someone a note. But it, that is funny because that is something I can imagine. Just a 12-year-old mm. going to the most extreme solution possible rather than <laughs> the most obvious solution possible. Well, and it's also like the first option that comes to his mind is a flying car. And it's like, yeah, who doesn't want to take a flying yeah. car? And it was worth it. It ended up being worth it. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, they made it to the school. Yes, they got in trouble. Mm-hmm. But they got there. And, you know, obviously everybody was thought the story was really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if the lesson there for kids. <sighs> Don't do dangerous things, but do them because you get attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, you do learn things by getting into trouble as long as you didn't hurt someone. But man, they totally trashed the car. And we don't know how valuable this whomping... I don't know how valuable this Whomping Willow is. <laughs> yeah. How many galleons is it worth? How many? But yes, yeah, so, and then Professor McGonagall tells them that Ginny is in Gryffindor because, you know, Ron's like, oh, we haven't seen the sorting. And she just kind of is like, your sister's in Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm surprised that they just let Ron and Harry eat their dinner by themselves I know, after in they Snape's just, office. After they just by themselves flew a car to this school and almost destroyed this historic tree. And now they're like, yeah, let's just leave them to themselves in an empty classroom or whatever. This is office, I think. Oh, oh yeah, right, right, right. It's, it's in Snape. Yeah, yeah that's not a good office. idea. Yeah, they totally went through all of his stuff. They're 12-year-old boys. Right. Trust me, they, <laughs> they went through all of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they looked through all the jars full of oh, eyeballs Oh, jars, drawers, books, everything. And so. then, yeah, then they say, like, oh, when you're done with your never-ending pile of sandwiches... Ham and chicken sandwiches. Yeah, which does not sound good to me. Uh, well, what about like a club sandwich? Oh, I guess so, yeah. And what is pumpkin juice? Because like, usually it's like turkey, not chicken. That's true. I mean, chicken would be that different. Yeah. Chicken and turkey are pretty... Hey, chicken's outside. Can we taste you? You really got me thinking (laughs) you're talking to somebody. (laughs) Yeah, what is pumpkin juice? Is that a real thing or is that something that JK made up? Is it a British thing? I don't know. I mean, we've got pumpkins in our garden. You want to make some pumpkin juice? Have you ever eaten and it's a pumpkin? cold. Like, I always think of, like, a pumpkin, like, a pumpkin drink being in the fall. So I usually think of something warm, and I usually think of, like, 
pumpkin spice latte you know or like what? a pumpkin in our garden this year we grew Pum- edible pumpkins like pumpkins used for pumpkin pie pumpkin pie pumpkins maybe we'll take one of the pumpkins and make pumpkin juice it's iced iced or cold it's probably cold it's like we're, I- we're from yeah. new england so we ice yeah. everything yeah <laughs> and maybe we'll make some iced coffee juice. in january i might still have the juicer that vince gave me oh we should try it we should try like finding a pumpkin juice recipe should make cucumber juice, bean juice, bean juice. Let's make squash juice, <laughs> lettuce juice, <laughs> yeah. corn um, juice. <laughs> this, where were we? <laughs> oh, cold pumpkin juice. Right. Yeah. What is pumpkin juice? Because yeah, it's like apple juice, where it's like clear, or Ooh, <laughs> or is gross. it like orange juice and it's got like weird pumpkin pulp in it? Or is oh. it like tomato juice where it's like oh. almost like a sauce? <laughs> like, Orange juice, like with extra pulp pumpkin it's like juice. Pumpkin seeds or something. Oh. <laughs> that is nasty. What is it? I don't know. They go back. Hermione finds them. Somehow Hermione finds them. Oh, she's walking in. Because the, like, they're at right. the common room door. They're at the fat lady's portrait, but they don't know the password. And she comes up behind them. Uh, and the password is Waddlebird. What is a Waddlebird? I don't know. But yeah, they're they're welcomed. And also, how come Ron and Harry? Oh, is it five boys per room? Right. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking. Wait a minute. Five four poster. Mm-hmm. Thought it was four. Whatever. Maybe it's because no. they use the word four poster. I'm thinking yeah. four. But okay. So and it's it's Seamus and who's this guy? Dean Thomas is mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah. He was in the last book. Yeah. He was mentioned like yeah, very, very briefly. Very yeah. um, uh, generic name. Mm-hmm. Well, Dean. I don't know. I like Seamus. He's the one who's always blowing up potions and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, Neville. Sweet Neville. Neville. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, that's pretty much where we end. Mm-hmm. They made it back. It was an eventful day. They got there. So we made it. We made it to Hogwarts. So what did you think of these chapters? How did the chapter start again? How did the third chapter... Third chapter? Third chapter. Third, fourth chapter? Fourth chapter. Harry's at the burrow. And they get their Hogwarts letter and stuff like that. It just must have been an awesome summer. I think that's what stands out most to me. Yeah. Like that would Especially have... because Harry's never had a summer like that. And his summers usually are not very fun. I mean, I know this is probably getting old at this point. But I just think about spending a whole summer. Actually, they spent about a month there, right? Yeah. We figured around a month in a, ma- in a, in a, in a house filled with magic like all the time there's magic things happening like mm. that must have just been really fun hold on a second having another problem here Uh-oh. okay what is this low fantasy is that what it's called mm-hmm. so it takes place in the normal world it says that the burrow is near a village which they make it sound like it's a muggle village mm-hmm. how come they have these garden gnomes the weasleys yeah Maybe the garden gnomes are attracted to magical gardens and not regular ones. (laughs) Maybe maybe wizards have magical plants. Yeah, but where do these things hide when they when they haven't found them? Maybe they hide under rocks and trees and. I think it's just a little more Swiss in the cheese. Yeah. Sorry, but it's just yeah, just being in a house. Like man, imagine if somebody said, for the next month. You're going to live in a house that's full of magic. And a Mrs. Weasley. And a Mrs. Weasley? Yeah, there's going to be a Mrs. Weasley there. Yeah, if somebody told you, you know, the book and the family from Harry Potter with the Weasleys, like, you're going to go live with the Weasleys for a month. I'd be like, sign me up, please. No hesitations. What do I owe? What Do you want my arm? My leg? But but to your point, it wouldn't be very fun if they didn't like you. (laughs) Yeah. That would, yeah, that would, they would, that would not go over well. So that was cool. What else, though? Because I was trying, I tried, like, at least and I had a little side conversation. Like, there wasn't a whole lot in these two chapters that was really, like, riveting. Yeah. And I feel like we also didn't get to hear as much about, like, how Harry was feeling, which I find is one of the more interesting things. Right, because it just kind of gives you a better insight into, like, you know, again, he, he's only been in the magical world for one year. So there's, even just think about like the books, like it's only seven years. It's not a very long amount of time, relatively. 
Yeah. You know, so he's, it's interesting to join him in learning about the magical world. I don't know. For for some reason, these two chapters just felt like they were kind of missing something. And maybe it's because they were just like transition chapters. Yeah. And I actually, you know what? That seems to be where the episodes that we've recorded, we have kind of a hard time getting a discussion going or a dialogue about it. And it's usually when J.K. Rowling is trying to transition from one idea to another. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, again, she had, okay, Harry's at the Weasleys, right? And she knows that she needs to get Ron, Harry, and, you know, all but two of the the Weasleys to Hogwarts. So something's got to happen between now and then. And I feel like that's something that maybe just in the first two books... That she has a hard time doing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just didn't think the whole thing in the dark arts, the, uh, what's it called? Borges and... Borgen and Burks. Borgen and Burks. Just, like, yeah, I understand it's creepy, but... It does, it does lay some groundwork, I'll say. Bit, yeah. There are things in, in that piece of the story that are important for later. Okay. I guess we'll find sure. out later. And so maybe, like it is interesting like to like kind of get these little tidbits and clues yeah. to things that, you know. And I think also sometimes maybe there's too big of gaps between something that happens that you think is going to be really important and then when you find out more about it. Uh, again, the whole thing. Dobby said Harry's in great danger, right? And yeah. then you get two chapters of none of that. Right. So it's like, well, what happened to that? Did we just... So yeah, and like it's it's barely even mentioned. Like I think he maybe kind of mentions it to Hagrid. Yes. In these two chapters. Right, but it's it's like literally a sentence where he's like he you know because Hagrid wants to know why he's in Doctor yeah. Alley and like and all this stuff's happening, something. and he had this creature, a house elf that he didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. uh, essentially trespass into you know the home he was living in. The thing stole all of his letters, so it completely messed up his whole summer plans with his friends. Harry's in grave danger. Right. And then he gets out, and then it's a, you know, kind of an afterthought, at least for two chapters. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's where I kind of felt a little disconnected from the book. It felt like you were being prepared for something, and then it was just kind of bookmarked for who knows how long. I'm sure it'll come up again. Yeah. Well, even like the our introduction to Professor Lockhart is kind of a little lackluster, maybe. Yeah, in a way. like, like right. He's an author of books, and now he's the teacher of dark arts. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Who is this schmuck? Right, but again, I think it's maybe, and I just realized this. It's important to remember that the narration is from the perspective of Harry. And he is, at this point, a 12-year-old boy. So he's not necessarily noticing, you know, maybe maybe for him, even though, like, obviously the whole thing with Dobby was, like, jarring. I don't think that he's necessarily dwelling on it, perhaps. And then even with Gilderoy Lockhart, a 12-year-old boy is not going to be interested in some guy who wrote a bu- writes a bunch of books for his... Even well, if it is for coursework sort of thing, but, like... He's also <laughs> a muggle, well, he's not a muggle anymore, Harry. Mm-hmm. He grew up in the muggling world. Mm-hmm. It's like he's no idea. So he doesn't know who is. this guy is, except that he knows that Mrs. Weasley's has got a crush on him. Because she mentions it earlier in the book, too, right? One of the cookbooks or something. Right. It was written by him. Right. So I think that's all it was. There was a disconnect between what seemed important and then what happens in these two chapters. Mm-hmm. For me, it's important to understand... What's important and why? Mm. And I was having a hard time keeping track of what was important. What what happened just now that was important? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and there there are definitely important things that are. Well, happening. you know, you know yeah. they're important because right. you know the rest of the book. But as a reader, mm-hmm. it's like I don't know. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Just keep reading. That's okay. Yeah, I was thinking one thing that I wanted to do because there were a couple things, and I've I've had this in multiple episodes that we've had where like obviously i'm not going to say anything about it because it's kind of you know things that are spoilers for later on but i was thinking about making a spreadsheet for myself kind of thing of little clues that we get in some of these earlier books that 
will come mm. upon for later books. Because I make like a note of them in my notes, but I don't That'd be cool. like have something, you know, something that would be an interesting kind of project-ish sort of yeah. thing or side piece. So, yeah, I think I'm going to try and do that. Yeah. So again, I'll say yes. The the mo the thing that stuck was just again how cool that experience would be. I can imagine that experience being awesome. Um, and I'm looking forward to when the book picks back up onto some sort of main path. I feel like we went off the main path here, mm-hmm. so I want to get back in the main path. I feel like too once they're back at Hogwarts, there's usually a little more kind of like yeah direction. Whereas before Hogwarts and after Hogwarts, it's like what? Yeah. So, until next time, life is like a box of birdie bots. What flavor did you have today? Mm, I feel like I had a banana bread, a chocolate chip banana bread, because it's not complete without chocolate chips. Um, But it had walnuts in it, and I'm not a huge Mm. walnut fan. Um, So there were were a few few bits in the day that could have dumped out. Some yeah. walnuts that could have been just, or like raisins, if there's raisins, I mean, it's not. Well, not in banana bread. No, but like, if there were raisins in it, like someone accidentally put some raisins in. Ugh, it's so gross. Mm. Don't put raisins in things. Why would you do that? It was a banana bread with like some unwanted raisins and a few. So it was, it was good. It was a good day, but take those raisins out. Don't do that. How was your day? Yeah, I'd say mine, kind of in a similar, was like a antacid flavored. Ew. Yeah. Like a Tums, you eat it at first, and you're like, mm, this is like candy. Or, or even like a chewable vitamin, you're like, mmm, this tastes yummy. And then once the yummy wears away, it just kind of tastes chalk. like a metal roof. <laughs> yeah. Or just strange, whatever it is. But yeah, it's a really nice morning, and then the bees got hectic. Mm. But I already told you that a million times today, so. Mm-hmm. But still, another another recording. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please rate, review, write, subscribe. rent. Subscribe. Yeah. If you haven't already, um, it would be really nice if if you guys uh, gave us a rating and a review, especially on iTunes. That helps the podcast immensely. Um, so definitely, especially writing a review, super helpful and giving us a good rating. We love it. And... Usually if we get a review, I take a picture of it and post it on the gram. So you can be famous on our uh, Instagram account with 77 followers (laughs) so far. But if you know anyone who you think would be interested in the podcast, send them on over to our Instagram and Facebook so they can be friends with us and send us owls. But definitely send send us an owl, obviously, if you have any questions, comments, or corrections. We love reading them. Make for a fun owlery. If we don't have them, there's no owls. And then we have a featherless, quiet night. Unbitten. No owls wanting our money. <laughs> Unbitten? Yeah, like they bite you if they, if they, don't, they don't get paid. Uh-huh. <laughs> At least the one from Hagrid did in the first book. Good night, silly wizards. <laughs> Good night, magical beings. Bye-bye. <laughs>